this is F1 Indie Girls with Soraya and Sherelle. We're two girls who love Formula One and IndyCar. Let's get right into our Ferrari season recap. Before we start, um, there's some news that has been released since our last podcast. Um, let's start with the bad first. <laughs> I don't know if we're considering this bad or good, um, but we'll start with the sad. We'll go with that. Um, Gunther Steiner has left Haas F1 team and is it I want to say it's Ayo Komusto I'm probably butchering we'll probably saying that totally wrong that yeah. name so wrong so I apologize we'll replace him as team principal real question is will this help Haas or will this ruin Haas yeah it's and say it'll be interesting to see what happens um I feel like there's just kind of several problems with the team and I don't necessarily think had much to do with Gunther but I you know it'll be interesting to see if anything changes um other news that's come out since our last podcast Total Wolf will be staying with Mercedes not really a surprise there 2026 is when his contract (laughs) supposedly ends yes and um, McLaren has released what their livery will look like. It is magnificent. I love it. As we posted on our story, absolutely magnificent. It's beautiful. And I said I would marry the livery. <laughs> it is so beautiful that I, I love it so much. Um, we also had some car launches announced, so we figured so we haven't really been talking about car launches. Um, so we put them in here, we'll talk about them, their dates, and then a lot of them happen before either the day of or the day before we record. So then we'll put some thoughts on what we think of the liveries. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far we have, um, on February 5th, we have Stake F1 team and Williams. If you don't know about the Stake F1 team name change, it used to be um, Alfa Romeo. February 7th is Alpine. February 12th, Aston Martin. February 13th, Ferrari. Four- February 14th, Mercedes. February 15th, Red Bull. We are missing Alfa Tauri and Haas. Um, so those will be exciting to see. Um, and McLaren. We're also missing them as well. Yeah, McLaren. We don't have a release date for McLaren either. So I'll be excited to see what happens with those. Mm-hmm. Um, so bef- there is one Alpine that comes out the day our podcast is recorded or gets sent out. Um, I think it's Alpines. So that one we will talk about the following week of our podcasts of our podcasts um kind of give our thoughts and opinions on that so you can look forward to hearing that Mm -hmm. but i think that's all little news and whatnot we have we have no indycar news um didn't announce any any drivers or anything i think there's the only news that they keep mentioning is how many days till the 500 which is like Hundred and uh, somewhere between fifteen and twenty. Hundred and fifteen and twenty. Yeah, I was like, it's days. coming up. 
that's the only news they keep mentioning. <laughs> um, but let's get into our recap. Okay, before we get started, I am going to apologize because oh, I've been sick and am slowly recovering, but my voice is still a little off and I might burst out coughing randomly, so. So hopefully I can pick up where she left off. Yes. <laughs> if she coughs in the middle of a sentence. Mm -hmm. So starting, we'll kind of go with our usual pattern that we've been doing, starting with the history and then kind of this season's recap. Um, then rating how we think the drivers did and stuff. So with this is going to be a hard recap <laughs> history. Um, this one's going to be we're going to jump around a lot more than with the past teams just because they've been around for so long. Um, they've been around since 1950. Yeah, I was like they've pretty much been there the whole time. F1's been there. So um, 1951, they had their first um, win. At the British Grand Prix? British. You said British. <laughs> I'm trying to say British. I was like, British Grand Prix. He's like, my voice is still... <laughs> it's not uh, working with me. Um, the British Grand Prix. Um, you then, just mixed up like British and, and Grand Prix. You just put them into one word. <laughs> yeah. Um... And then in 1952, they won their first driver's championship with um, Alberto Ascari. Um, and then he went on to win it back-to-back, -back, so he won again in 53. Um, their next championship was in 56 with um, Juan Manuel Angio, who he – it was technically his fourth – Drivers' Championship, but his first with Ferrari. Um, and then in 58, you had Mike Hawthorne, who became the third... Third Ferrari driver. Yep, third Ferrari driver to win a championship. And then, let's see, 61, you had Phil Hill, who led the team to win both championships that year. Um... And then, then, let's see, 64, you had, I'm going to, I know I'm going to say this name wrong. John Surtees? Yeah. Surtees? That's how I would say it. Yeah. Um, he won the championship that year after having made the switch from motorcycles to cars. And That's a big switch. Yes. To this day, he is the only man alive to have won both on Two wheels and four wheels to have won championships in both. So kind of impressive there from him. Um, and then let's see, next championship that they won. They So they won in 1957 with Nikki Lauda. Um, and then in 50, not 50. This was after he had his That's horrible a, crash in 76. So yeah, 75. I don't know what year I said before. 1975, he wins. His first championship. 76, he came back after a crash. And then he wins again in 77. So he got his two championships there. And then in 79, we had Jody... I'm going to butcher this name as well. Um, Sector? 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 Er, who won... 
the driver's championship. And then after that, Ferrari goes 20 years without another driver's championship. They did win the constructors in 83, but they didn't win another driver's championship until um, Schumacher. Schumacher. So let's see, 1996, Schumacher joins Ferrari. For some strange reason. Yeah, I would say at the time they were not doing great. He was on a team where he had won several championships at the time. He said he got he was getting he got bored. And I think for him it was just yeah he wanted something different to be able to help build a team up. Challenge more of a challenge. So he makes the move to Ferrari. Um. In '96, in 1999, he gets in a crash in Silverstone and misses six races. But they still managed to get the Constructors' Championship. And his teammate that year, I think, just barely missed out on the Drivers' Championship. And then in 2000, in 2000 they kind of start this run of dominance. Um, they win both Drivers' and Constructors' for several consecutive years. Um, so 2000, 2001, 2002, um, again in 2003. Um, uh, at the time, Schumacher sets a record with six drivers' championships. And then in 2004, he goes on. The team won 15 out of the 18 races that year. Schumacher winning 13 of those races that year. Um, and obviously, he got his seventh um world championship. world championship that year um which obviously we now have that record having been tied with lewis but still very controversial yes topic about whether lewis is a seventh or an eighth world championship but we're gonna get into that yeah <laughs> yep um let's see 2005 new regulations and i feel like this happens whenever one team gets too dominant. New regulations come in, and it changes everything. That was um, <coughs> happened with Mercedes. Yep. And so these new regulations come in. They kind of struggled. They did get a couple. They ended up the year with seven podiums that year, and then they had one win in Indianapolis. But that race is a, r- a race where Michelin tires withdrew. So any car that was running Michelin tires withdrew from the race. There was six cars total in that race. <laughs> so, you know. Um, and then, let's see, going on to 2006, Michael wins seven rounds, but misses out on the driver's championship by 13 points. And Ferrari lo- he loses the constructors by just five. Um So very close year that year. And then, let's see, 2007, we have Kimi, who wins the Drivers' Championship for Ferrari. And they also win the Constructors after McLaren was found guilty of benefiting from confidential Ferrari data. So that was the last time that (laughs) they won the Drivers' Championship was 2007. Um, 2008, they did manage to win the Constructors' Championship, 
after winning eight of the races, but they did not win the constructors because Massa lost by just one point to Hamilton after a very another like another year that was very controversial in should have should certain race results really have counted towards the championship? There might have been a little bit of, you know, some behaviors from some teams that, in a certain race, that made it so weren't really. Sh Massa would love to see it overturned, um, and they so another very controversial. Like, what, last year or something, I guess it was probably twenty twenty two. They brought it up and were like. After it's been, oh, what, this happened 2026? Like, it's been, you know, it's been so long ago now. years or something like that when they brought it up and it was under, they, they almost brought it under investigation whether or not that championship should be given to Lewis or if it should be given to um, Massa. Yeah. Um, and then the next few years... Um, Let's see, 2009, um, I feel like not a whole lot happened that year. Um, I feel like nothing really happened between... Raikkonen, that was his last year with the original, his original time with Ferrari. Um, you had Alonso who came in for 2010. Um, so it was him, Alonso, and Massa. Um they just weren't really there again. Um, I'm trying. They, I mean, they got close, but just not quite there. Obviously, Red Bull, very successful in 2010. Um, so with McLaren. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I was going to say 2010, Alonso actually looked like he might be able to get the driver's but did not um let's see 2011 um her uh they added new tires and yeah to the mix and ferrari was kind of struggling with the new tires mm -hmm. not doing so well they did have a victory um in Silverstone, which kept him in the hunt a little bit longer. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of, obviously, I feel like Alonso, you could tell he really tried at Ferrari, but it just was in a time where they weren't doing great. I think he probably, you know, outperformed a little bit what they were expecting. He did great while he was there, but just was not able to get them all the way back up to the top. Um, 2012, Massa um, kind of, in, his form improved. They were able to get second in the constructor standings, but still just that step behind Red Bull. Um, and then... Let's see. Jumping to 2015, 15. we get Seb coming to Ferrari. Alonso leaves. Yeah, after Alonso leaves. Um, 
And they were able to win three Grand Prix that year. Oh, and Kimmy comes back. Yes, Kimmy was also there. I think he might have come back the year before. I don't remember which year he came back. But, yeah, you had both Kimmy and Seb, which I actually love that duo together. I do, too. Kimmy was kind of struggled a lot with how well Mm -hmm. um, Seb did in the Ferrari. Yeah. And then... You know, after a few years, I feel like it's kind of Ferrari's thing. They're always there towards the top, but just can't seem to get a hold of that number one spot. Um, let's see, 2019. I just say go back to 2018. Sebastian oh, yes. Vettel um, gives them their five-season victories, but he also had some very costly mistakes in that so they were winning but not yeah, as much like, as they, they were getting to. wins still but just not able to you know get those championships like they wanted um 2019 we have charles leclerc who joins um vettel in ferrari and manages to um outscore him and get two victories to um battles won um 2020 again we had um obviously seb and charles um covid year things were so horrible a little bit off um they only had three podiums oh yeah only three podiums um charles manages to get 98 of the teams, 131 points. So he got a quite a bit of the team's points that year. Um, Seb did not come back. <laughs> yep, and that was that was also the year that Ferrari kind of told Seb that they weren't going to renew his contract. <coughs> they, um, you know, obviously for 2021, decided to go with Charles and Carlos. Um, Funny enough, Carlos outscores Charles. <laughs> Um, they continue to improve, still not up really for that title challenge. Um, they were. They did a finish lot P3. Better. Yeah. I was like, they were f- in. No, that was 2022. Never mind. That wasn't me. Um, <laughs> and then let's see. Carlos outscored Charles, um, taking four podiums to Charles's one that year. And then 2022. Last year, obviously, okay, I forget we're 2024 now. <laughs> okay, last, not this, okay, it's two last seasons. two seasons, it's still two seasons. I because <laughs> we're talking about our recap for 2023, so it's like, to me, still last year. <laughs> I get it. 2022, um, in the beginning of the year, they looked like it they looked, had it. It looked like it was Ferrari. It year. looked like it was going to be good. And then you had a mix of driver driver errors, reliability issues, strategy. strategy being a problem. It just was one thing after another. And obviously they ended up quite a bit behind Red Bull. They were, they were still time. second in the championship. Mercedes was yeah. crappy lot two seasons ago yeah so and then we did have carlos getting his first win Woo-hoo! at silverstone in 2022 that was um charles had multiple wins 
you know, overall, it looked like it was going to be so good to end so poorly. Um, and then we have obviously now jumping to the <laughs> 2023 season recap, which I'll let Soraya take over more of this stuff. Um, this year we had a total, uh, I don't remember what their points were, but they finished third in the constructors, lost only by five points. Um, it's kind of, I don't know. It was very hard to watch in the last, in Abu Dhabi, because I was really hoping that Charles is when he Charles when he called the strategy and ended up working, but I think it was I just know. a couple couple minutes too late. Um, Charles ended up finishing fifth with two hundred and six points. Carlos finishing seventh with two hundred points in the championship. They um, how was I going to say? Oh. For there only to be six points between fifth and seventh place is kind of, it just shows how close that midfield in the Constructors' Championship was. Um, they had five fastest laps, I think. Um, I, I think I did my math right on that one. <laughs> um, and then they had one win in Singapore. That was Carlos's win. Eight podiums, so that was six for Charles and three for Carlos. Wait, did they have no. nine podiums? <laughs> Two for Carlos. Okay, that's like... what it was. Two for Carlos, six for Charles. I was <laughs> not not thinking there. <laughs> math did not math right there. Um, Charles led eight to nine on race days, so he had finished um, higher than his teammate 11 times. Charles also led 15 out of seven on qualifying days. So he qualified better than his teammate seven um, times. Charles's best finish race finish was second. Carlos was obviously first um, for the only non-Red Bull win of the season so we were very thankful for carlos for that yes highest grid position um so their qualified positions both of them had first and that's kind of the stats on where they finish or kind of just how everything was now we get to the unlucky part of the ferrari boy season charles had a dq in qatar <coughs> <coughs> And then had three DNFs and one did not start. Carlos had two DNFs, one did not start. Um, Ferrari was all over the place. Um, I want I can't say they were consecutive in being top ten because there were several times that they were outside the top ten. They were kind of just all over the grid, being just everywhere. Strategy this season was so bad so many times to where the point towards the end of the season the ferrari boys were calling their own strategy i love in singapore when they like got on the radio to tell carlos that oh you know lando's in drs and he's like i know i'm doing it on purpose like 
Let me be. He was giving a toe to um, Lando so George would pass Lando to pass Ferrari. Yeah, I was like, there. and then obviously we saw in Abu Dhabi, Charles doing very much kind of the same thing, being like, okay, well, how far behind is Checo? Like, if we do this, can we, you know, still end up, like, they were very much... I feel like had to be on top of it because the strategy just was not there. Yeah. I, they, we, um, were talking with some people and, um, it's, it was quite interesting, um, how they were like, it hurts as a Ferrari fan to see the strategy and how bad it can be. So we can only imagine what it is for the F1 drivers. And I feel like that is, so real to have a team that can't get strategy like they're consistently inconsistent let's mm-hmm. see with their strategy and it's just really hard to watch when you have such talented drivers mm-hmm. and don't worry because we know next year is gonna be their year it's gonna be their year <laughs> A Ferrari. I believe in them. Only putting it into the universe. It will be their year. We can only hope as Ferrari fans that 2024 will be their year. Everyone needs to put that in the universe. Everyone. I would say (laughs) we're getting to the point where it's almost been another 20 years since their last, you know, we get three more years and it'll be 20 years since their last Drivers Championship, so depression. Um, Charles needs to win the WC this year. <laughs> yes, uh, Carlos needs more wins. That's my that's my opinion. Yes, <laughs> that's not my oh, very deep opinion because if I want, I could go very deep into how I feel about Ferrari and their strategy and. What not, but we'd like to keep this not not depressing, not depressing. <laughs> um, we also like to give you the stats and give you everything, but not tear the team down at the same time. Yeah, um, just because we love and support each team, and so I hate to just I know tear down Ferrari. <laughs> um. But I went first last time for drivers' rankings, so I believe uh, it is your turn. Okay, so drivers' rankings. Um, it's so hard because half of the I'm like I don't feel like it's really their fault sometimes when the strategy is terrible. So I might be a little bit more lenient. The DNFs, on them. though. Yeah, I was like, DNF is either their fault. Actually, but sometimes it's the. Like, you know, engine. I think fault. they had more engine failures for DNFs than they did. Like, so, it, yeah, it's things. so hard. Um, Charles, I am going to give him seven and a half. Um, I feel like, you know, for the year he had, having three DNFs, uh, did not start and a disqualification to still come and you know get multiple podiums be up there um kind of i mean obviously 
he wasn't in the very top of the thing, but he did outscore his teammate. Um, but I know, I was like, he's not very many, but he did have more DNFs and stuff than by... For those who don't know, we keep saying DNFs. DNFs is did not finish. Um, if you didn't know, some people don't know. DQ, disqualification, DNS, did not start. Yes. Um, um, I didn't know what DNS meant until I got into F1. So, if you yes. don't know, when you're new to F1, those are some of the terms that we use. Mm -hmm. um, so, I think... Yeah, I feel like overall, he... You could tell he was really trying, but there was just... It felt like one thing after another with Ferrari and everything. Um, I feel like towards the end of the season... Um, he had a couple of really good races, obviously. Vegas. Um, Such a good race. Abu Dhabi, like, he was still up there fighting, giving it his all. Um, and then, let's see, Carlos. I'm going to say... <sighs> Just because he gave us that one win, I want to say probably... I'm probably going to rate him about the same, honestly. They were so close each other in points and stuff um and because he I was gonna say seven but then I was like he's gotta win so I gotta give him at least a seven and a half um just because of that win and like being able to I feel like he especially um <coughs> sorry don't mind me um has really been able to like tell Ferrari no this is what I want, this is what I need, um, and, you know, being able to call those strategies and be like, no, I'm not coming in, like, or no, this is how it's going to be, I feel like, has been impressive, just because, obviously, that you even have to be in that, to that point is kind of sad, but that he was able to do it so well, I think was, yeah, and Ferrari, overall, I give them maybe a, f maybe a five, maybe. <laughs> Obviously. Doesn't sound very confident there. <laughs> I know. I'm like, because certain things like strategy and stuff, I want to rate them so low. Obviously, they built a good car to a certain extent. Obviously, they gave them something to work with because they were still getting podiums and stuff. Managed to get the win. But things like strategy, um... Things like that were so bad. And so that's what, like, really kind of puts that down. Um, so I feel like if we're doing it based off of just how the drivers did, yeah, they'd be up there. But just because it being Ferrari and them having one struggle after another gives them a little bit lower of a rating. So. Oh, this kills me. Um, my driver ranking for Charles, he's always a 10 out of 10 in my in my heart. Um, I love him so much. Overall, I want to give Charles an 8 out of 10. Um, he, although he did have, you know, some DNFs, did not start, it's a DQ, which I hate the fact that they just randomly choose teams to check their car because if it was so many other teams probably had the same issue 
um, in guitar as they did. And so I wish it would have been a little bit more looked at, um, but that so it wasn't his fault. It's not like he did anything. Um, it was just how the car was in Qatar. But he had a really good season. Six podiums out of 22. I mean, that's not very high, but when you look at the aspects of where Ferrari was compared to Red Bull and how Red Bull was so dominant, but if you look at all, if you take away Red Bull and just have all the other nine teams, Ferrari did pretty good. Um, and Charles was up there, so I'm giving him an 8 out of 10. Carlos, this one's hard. I'm giving him, I want to give him like a 6. Um, he, it's really hard because he wasn't necessarily super close to his teammate in qualifying uh, and on race days. Um, there were a lot of times that he'd be further back. Um, and so, but I will give him extra points for being able to stand up for himself um, and tell the team what to do. Because I know as a driver, you have a lot to worry about. Um, you know, how the car feels, you know, not making mistakes as you're going around the corners and, you know, not making mistakes as all of your driving and all these different things um and for him to be able to stand up for himself and be like no we're not doing that that's the wrong choice um i was very proud of him and charles i was proud of him for doing the same thing towards the end of the season as well um overall team rating this also kills me ferrari's always a 10 out of 10 just because i love them but I'm giving them probably four or five. Um, once again, they just consistently inconsistent with their strategy, calling stupid calls for the drivers, which half the time made or broke the drivers' races. Um, and so they just need to work on their strategies and could do a little bit better. Their car obviously was not horrible because they were able to get podiums, get that win, still be up in the top three fighting for that championship. I should say more of the top two fighting for the championship because Red Bull kind of took off in the championship, but that's kind of where I give everything. Definitely a hard year, um, I think, for the drivers. Um, I know Charles several times this season questioned why he's so unlucky. Um, the one that consistently is like engraved in my brain is why am I so effing unlucky when he had his D DNS made me cry and I still cry whenever I hear that quote <laughs> or the I am stupid. I hate when he says that too because he's a good driver and he just he's, a, he's so hard on himself. He I is. Like. He's very hard on himself, which at times I feel like is a good thing, but at the same time I feel like he, him and Lando are one of the drive are two of the drivers that I feel like are really really hard on themselves and get down on themselves for they can have a good result and yet they get down on themselves for some of the mistakes they made and it makes me really sad, but. I'm excited to see what Ferrari does in 2024. It hopefully will be their year. Hopefully they'll be 
you know, still at the top fighting for the championships. And I'd love to see Charles winning some more races and getting that WC and Carlos winning some more races as well. I have to wait and see. It's killing me. I have to wait, I guess. Do you have anything else you want to add? I, I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered it. Covered it all. Next week is our McLaren season recap, which starts off kind of hard, um, but it gets better. So it won't be as depressing as Ferrari. They had a lot. They had a good ending compared to the beginning of the season, but we'll get more into detail next week. This has been F1 Indie Girls, and we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.